Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, teacher friends, welcome back to episode 53 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. I'm going to ask you a serious question, and as long as you're not like in the grocery aisle, I want you to literally answer this out loud. Do you think that kids today are addicted to their phones? Now, I want you to think about if this is affecting their ability to be present in the classroom. Even if it's not on cell phones, kids nowadays are constantly on devices. So is it making it harder for you as a teacher to get them engaged. Say it out loud. Yes or no. Now I want us to turn this around. Do you think that adults are addicted to their phones too? Today's topic is one that I truly believe that we have to discuss here on the show, not just because it's an issue in today's society with our students and society in general, but because this is something that I struggle with as well. And so I want to be able to preach it to you, but I want you to also know, like, I'm actively participating. I'm dealing with what I am preaching. You know what I mean? So today we're going to talk about how cell phone addiction is impacting teacher mental health in the classroom with our students and our own lives and how this affects stress, challenges, and what we can do about it. And I want to be completely transparent with what made me decide to do this today. My husband is anti-social media. Like it's pretty much the bane of his existence. And while he is super supportive of the things that I put on social media, he's supportive of me to him. Like the world's problems are directly correlated to social media and cell phone addiction. And while I think that's a little extreme, but it's probably because I could be put in that category, some of what he's discussed with me and the impact of this addiction is so true. Think about your classrooms. How many cell phone issues do you have daily with your students? If you're an upper grades teacher, it's probably at least like one per period. And that's like really nice way to put it probably. I work in a middle school and I've watched kids during these last couple weeks of school since it's like the end of the school year, they literally get on their phones rather than talk to their friends during free time. I've dealt with more cell phone issues, whether it's focus related or cyberbullying, you name it in the past three years than ever before. And over the past couple of weeks, you may have noticed like I've been less visible on social media. That's in huge part because we've got some family things going on. We've got some transitions that are happening within our family, which I'm going to be talking about in next week's episode. But another reason is because my husband and my kids, they're tired of missing out on time with me because I got stuck scrolling TikTok for the fourth hour that day. That's the truth. And we've been discussing a lot in our family about how we as parents 
we model behavior for our kids. And as teachers, we do that for our students. And if I'm addicted to scrolling TikTok or Instagram for four hours in a day, even if it's broken up into little spurts throughout the day, what am I missing out on in the real world? Like, what could I be doing with four more hours in my day? What am I showing my kids? And having to step away from social media due to how full my current season is, it made me really sit back and be like, dang, like, I am just as addicted to my phone as these kids in my classes. And this might be hard to hear, but you might be too. Granted, you know, some of the work that I do is with some ed tech companies, it's on social media, things like that. But I'm talking about like how I was mindlessly scrolling way more frequently than I wanted to admit. Can you relate to this? And so in today's episode, we are going to talk about some surprising statistics. We're going to talk a little bit about what I've learned through taking this hiatus from social media, how I plan to fix this issue, how we can set boundaries and break this addiction, how this is impacting our teacher burnout in the long run, increasing our stress responses, and then wrap it up with some actionable things that we can do together. So let's not waste any time and let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. I'd be willing to bet that you listening, yes, you, you've probably been scrolling your phone once before only to realize you've been scrolling for like an hour and you're like, what? Wait, where did the time go? And hey, like I've, I've done that too. I pretty much started us out on this episode with a cell phone addicts anonymous. And uh, my name is Brittany and I'm a cell phone addict. <laughs> so I often hear people say, well, I just don't have time to do this or I don't have time to do that. And I think about that and how often we're on our phones. Like there's nothing wrong with a little scrolling in your feed or connecting with new and old friends. Social media is absolutely built to connect us and how most of you probably found this podcast. Like I'm a huge proponent for connection through socials. And I know you probably got a little uncomfy when I said, you know, you might be addicted to your cell phone too, because if you're anything like me, it seems a little extreme to say addicted. But let me hit you with some surprising statistics that might be a little bit of an underestimate. In a 2023 study, on average, two out of three people are addicted to their cell phones. I'm one, you might be two. The average smartphone user checks their phone 150 times per day. On average, people are laughing only 15 times per day. So that means we're checking our phones 100 times more than that. On average, the American person spends four hours on their phone every day. In comparison, the quality time that people spend with their families amounts to less than 45 minutes per day. That's that's kind of sad. 
71% of users sleep with or next to their mobile phone. And a single phone pickup can easily set up a chain reaction that lasts the entire day where you're stuck checking your phone over and over and over. We've talked in the podcast before how just switching your apps or interfaces on our work devices can lead to time wasted, but think about how much time the average cell phone user is wasting every single day just mindlessly scrolling. And last, another study found that half of the participants would rather have a broken bone than a broken phone. While these statistics may not surprise you now, with the exception of that last one, they probably shocked somebody like 10 years ago. It wasn't until 2013 that the majority of Americans even owned a smartphone. So what makes our phones so addictive? Well, a lot of it is rooted in psychology and evolution. So here's what happened. When you got your first smartphone, you probably did some things that made you feel good. You connected with an old childhood friend. You read a nice text message from a friend. You got a notification, maybe a like or something like that on one of your posts or pictures back in the day. All of these activities, they caused a release of dopamine, which is like one of those happy chemicals in our brains that makes us feel good. So you probably, you know, did some other mundane things that didn't really give you that warm, fuzzy feeling, like mindlessly scrolling through oddly satisfying videos on Instagram or looking at pictures of a stranger. But each time that you did something that prompted the release of dopamine, your brain started to notice a pattern. Soon enough, your brain associates your cell phone with dopamine. And since your brain naturally craves these easy hits of dopamine, it starts to crave your phone. And here's the thing about dopamine. It quickly metabolizes in your brain, so it leaves you wanting more and more as soon as possible. So once the impact of the dopamine goes away, your brain's going to do whatever it can to get that feeling back as soon as it can. What's an easy, accessible way to get that surge of dopamine? pick up your phone. So that's what your brain tells your body to do. And you're probably like, well, Brittany, like we've heard some of this stuff. We know this stuff. It's an issue. How is this related to teachers and burnout? So glad you asked. I'm getting there. I promise. With the average American spending four hours a day staring at their smartphone and keeping it within arm's reach all the time, the result, as Google noted in a report, is that Mobile devices that are loaded with social media, email, news apps, they create a constant sense of obligation where it's generating this unintended personal stress and the body's natural response is to want to check the phone to make the stress go away. But while doing so is going to soothe you for a second, it's probably going to make things worse in the long run. Anytime that you check your phone, you're likely to find something else stressful waiting for you, leading to another spike in cortisol and then another craving to check your phone to make that anxiety go away. So it's a cycle. It continuously is reinforced, which leads to chronically elevated cortisol levels. So when we add this facet into the stress cycle that teachers experience, we're finding that our bodies are inadvertently searching for something to ease that stress. We're grabbing our phones, but we're only making it worse. This is why when we talked about the stages of teacher burnout in episode 26, the latter stages of burnout, addiction is one of the symptoms. Our bodies are searching for relief, and often the closest things to us are our phones. And while all of this is kind of scary, right, I think it brings up the point that there's 
when we know the psychology behind something, we become aware of it. We can change those habits. So here are some potential ways that cell phone addiction can contribute to teacher burnout. Number one, there's an increased workload. When we're constantly connected through our cell phones, it blurs those boundaries between work and personal life. So it leads to longer working hours, difficulty disconnecting from our work-related stressors. This constant accessibility just contributes to those feelings of burnout. Like for me, because a lot of the stuff I do for teaching mind, body, and soul in the podcast and working with these ed tech companies, social media, it requires me to be on social media. But then I get to scrolling. But then I'm like, oh, I got to get back to doing what I was supposed to be doing. But then I get back to scrolling. And somehow it becomes this really blurred boundary, which then leads to reduced life, work-life balance. When we're excessively using our phone, like especially during personal time, it impedes the ability to engage in self-care activities, spend time with family, our friends. This lack of balance makes us feel emotionally exhausted. It makes us feel burnt out. Then we have these constant notifications, these interruptions, these frequent things showing up on our phone. They disrupt our workflow. They lead to that decreased productivity. Like I was just saying, this constant state of distraction, this inability to focus contributes to higher stress levels. We're getting more burned out. And this is not even taking into effect, number four, which is comparison and social media pressure. When we're online, we're looking at social media, this often depicts these curated versions of other people's lives, basically like you're seeing their highlights. And this can lead to some social comparison, these feelings of inadequacy. If you're looking at this teacher from wherever and their classroom is perfectly curated and they have these beautiful pictures and they're all branded and perfect, then you sit back and you're like, my classroom doesn't look like that. Maybe I'm not a good teacher. So the pressure to really keep up with social media trends or compare yourself to others, it contributes to these increased levels of stress and burnout. And the last one is we have this reduced relaxation and rest. When we're excessively on our phone, particularly like before bedtime, this is interfering with our quality sleep. Inadequate rest and relaxation diminishes our physical and mental well-being. So it makes teachers more susceptible to burnout. And while all of this, again, is terribly scary for generations to follow or for our future, if we let it, I think it brings up this point that When we become aware of it, we can change our habits. Like we don't have to be stuck in this cycle of burnout and we don't have to make it worse with self-medicating and then making it worse with our phones, right? Just like we can retrain our brains so that our stress responses are no longer on such a hair trigger to begin with during burnout, we can work a lot of the same ways with cell phone addiction. Here's what I'm going to be doing moving forward, and I'm really challenging you to do this with me too. The easiest thing to help us with this is to set some boundaries. Number one, I am turning off all of my notifications except ones from my family members that need to get in touch with me. So that's like my mom, Brooks, Emma, that kind of thing. And then I'm setting up times during my work blocks where I'm going to check 
I'm going to respond to messages on Instagram or TikTok or my emails, giving myself this allotted time for scrolling and being more intentional with the time that I'm on my phone to ensure that these boundaries are hard pressed and I can get out of the cycle. I would say like I would have no phone times, which is another really good boundary. But for me and in our home, we already have this set up for like meal times and date nights and things like that. What I've noticed is it's really the unmanaged time in my day that I can get stuck scrolling. So that has nothing to do with showing up for you guys. So allotting these specific times for me is going to work better, I think. Also, being more intentional with the times that I post and what I post will reduce that overwhelm that it causes. Y'all know how much I love my automations. And oftentimes our phones already have some that are preloaded. Like on iPhones, we have focus options. So we can set specific focus and accessibility during work hours, once for sleep, things like that. I already have one set up for when I'm driving, but I intend to utilize these more intentionally as well. Using my automations, I'm going to be able to let go and some of that time that I'm spending scrolling, I'm going to get back to my regularly scheduled programming and posts without it taking my control away. And you can really do the same. Number two, I learned this from my friend Spencer not too long ago, but I'm going to start putting my phone on the other side of the bedroom at night. So instead of it being within arm's reach where I can just grab it straight away in the morning, I'm going to have to get up turn off my alarm. And instead of beginning my day with a dopamine hit, I'm going to work to have some of those slower mornings to really reset this. Our sleep can be critically impacted by the blue light. So it's harder to fall asleep and stay asleep. I want to ensure that I'm focusing on those parts of my health. Number three, I'm going to begin regularly using tech-free days just to actually enjoy the full day without any distractions. Doing state testing and not being able to be on my computer or phone really allowed my creative brain to work in overdrive because there weren't any distractions. It was like I was able to think clearly and experience just this quiet space to think And it was really, really powerful for me. And I want to ensure that I intentionally set this up regularly. Finally, I want to say this. Although this is something I already practice, negativity is contagious online. We've got the news. We've got social media. We've got various online platforms. And they bombard teachers with constant negativity and challenges at any given moment. The relentless exposure to negativity, that can impact our mindset and our overall well-being. So to combat this, I want you to be really mindful of your online consumption and consciously curate a digital environment that's more positive so that you can protect your mindset. Number one, selectively follow and engage. So choose to follow only accounts and join online communities that really promote that positivity, that support, that inspire you. Surround yourself with those that uplifting content, that gauge with meaningful conversations. So that's counteracting some of that negativity. Number two, I want you to limit exposure to news and negativity. I think it's really important to stay informed, but I think you should set boundaries on the amount of news and the negative information you consume. When we think about the news, there's there's never anything positive on there. Nobody's like, there was an eight-year-old girl who was cured of cancer. No, it's never that. It's always something terrible like the stock market or whatever. And so 
I want you to really think about specific times that you're catching up on the news and just be cautious about falling into doom scrolling. You know what I mean? That's exposing you to that constant negativity because that's feeding into your subconscious. Number three, engage in positive online activities. So do something online that's going to uplift your spirit and contribute to your personal growth. This could be joining a teacher support group like the Resilient Teacher Community on Facebook or participating in a webinar or following educational influencers who share that motivational content. And then number four, practice digital detox. Just schedule some regular breaks from social media and digital platforms so that you can disconnect, whether it's an hour or a day, where you can recharge, refocus, and create that mental space away from that constant stream of negativity. You can have comments that are just really outlandish and ridiculous about teachers. And if you just take a little time away, you'll realize that's not the way the world is. Remember, you have control over what you consume online and how it affects your mindset. By consciously curating a positive digital environment, but prioritizing your mental well-being, you're mitigating the impact of this negativity and you're cultivating a more resilient mindset as a teacher. So if you're listening to this podcast, it means you're already taking a crucial step towards addressing burnout by reclaiming your well-being as a teacher. So recognizing the impact of social media and cell phone addiction really is a powerful realization in terms of burnout. And let me be real with you. It's not easy to admit like, oh crap, like Taylor Swift says, like I'm the problem, it's me. It's really scary to see how these things are not only impacting us currently as a society, as teachers, but how these addictions are showing up in our students as well. We don't have to remain stuck. We don't have to remain stagnant. We have a choice to make a change. So it's time to take charge and really break free from those shackles that really hinder your path to recovery. By prioritizing your mental health, setting these boundaries, and consciously choosing positive digital experiences, you can regain control and reshape your relationship with technology. What would you do with four more hours in your day or two more hours even? What would you create or what would you grow and who would you be? I want to encourage you to do this challenge with me, to break free from cell phone addiction. If you decide to do it, please, I know this sounds really counterintuitive, but send me a message on Instagram. Let me know you're in it with me and let's like do this together. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tell me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.